0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Arise, minions, and welcome to this Unmade Gaming production. Join us on our adventure where we take a jump to the left, a step to the right, and time warp all the way back to 1987 for this original Tales from the Loop campaign. The show you're about to listen to was originally a live streamed actual play on Twitch.tv slash Unmade Gaming. Before we get back to Garrett and back to 1988, I would just like to thank all of these lovely players and uh, collaborators that have helped me out through the course of the summer, create many fun things for Garrett, Maryland. And in so doing, continue to create fun things for Garrett, Maryland, by creating characters to play and live there. And so before we can get into there, the, the applause go out from across the decades, but especially the 1980s. And I have one mechanical issue that I want to just get out of the way. I want to just get this out of the way before we get into the the actual meat of the adventure. And I'm going to ask, gee, Scarlet, I'm going to give you an option. You may roll for leadership. As you are the only one with points in leadership, you may roll. A failure will not give you a condition. You have a free roll you can of course push the role if you'd like and if you fail it again then i would give you a condition but just to show you what the positives are as well any success you get in leadership will give you two extra dice that you can give to any of the other three it's the role of a leader it's the good and it's the bad i'll definitely do it all right. Mm-hmm. all right all right all right all right Oh, hey, let's go! <laughs> All right. So, with three successes to start off our leadership role, <laughs> Scarlett, that's going to give you six dice. That at any time you can give to the other three. You cannot use them for yourself. That is also the plight of a good leader. But you have six dice in a pool that you may now hand out at any time to anybody that you think needs it. So. Perfect hold on to it. And before we go in, I will let everybody know that conditions are real in this session. We're going to be playing with uh, a stripped-down version of the rules, but also something that that hinders as well as helps. So, keep that in mind whenever you push a roll or opt to use your pride, which is an automatic success. Um it's a long adventure. So, let's it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Everybody. It is 11.33 a.m. Saturday, October 8th, 1988. It is 53 degrees and sunny. It is an autumn in Garrett, Maryland, and there is football to be played. So if you could go to the Spotify playlist, where's that Spotify playlist? Disembodied Voice Mike, if you could put it up into our Twitch chat, you will all see that at the top of the Spotify playlist is nothing but a good time by the little band called Poison. Start that up. And this is actually what is being played right now in the field and through the speakers during what is a junior varsity football game. The cheerleaders in slow motion as Brett Michaels roars out his vocals and as CeCe DeVille was his guitar and as all of this is happening parents grandparents and other students are drinking coffee and hot chocolate and cheering on their respective teams some are dressed in the green and white of edgar Allan poe middle school others in the purple and black of the opposing frost ridge heather and ricky you are currently in the stands I would simply ask you to describe your characters and ask one thing. Are you sitting together?
1: Well, uh, yes, I think Heather would be sitting with Ricky. Uh, Absolutely. Heather is, uh, she's a tall and kind of gangly girl. Um, She's got these like really thick round glasses. And I want you to think about like Barb from Stranger Things, you know, like really, really big 80s glasses. Um, And um, even though the weather is pretty fair, uh, she's just swamped in oversized black clothes. Um, And, you know, in this regard, think about like Ali Sheedy's character from The Breakfast Club. Um, but you know, she's hanging really, really close to her friend and her, her posture is really kind of closed off, which is pretty typical for her overall. It's like, she's like, it's like, she's trying to hide here in the middle of the stands, but it just makes her sound out more, right? The the black clothes and everything else. So.
3: Absolutely. So as the hiding in plain sight may or may not be succeeding, let's go over to Ricky. Ricky, my friend, what what do you look like? And are you, in fact, sitting with Heather, as this is a, a, an agreement that must be reached?
4: Yeah, R- Ricky would definitely be sitting with Heather. Um, Rick, Ricky's pretty tall. He's five feet, 5'11 for his age. Um, quite a slender build. Um, he's got a pretty dark tan because he spends a lot of time outdoors. Uh, brown hair, green eyes. Sitting in a T-shirt, pair of jeans, and a pair of steel-toed w- uh, work boots.
3: There he is. Very good very good so as you are all sitting here to give you uh what your characters would see a timeout has been called and both of the respective teams have gone to their sidelines here at the end of this very contested competition but ricky as you look down you see fred alt who is the owner of the feed and breed uh the station the the, the feed uh, feed store and like the granary and agricultural station where ricky works to describe fred he is um, he dresses differently than everyone else he has the dust of hard work that always seems to cling about him he has a long beard without a mustache and he travels around the area in horse and buggy you can see without the need for a role that some of the children that are near to him are already giggling kind of pointing making fun Fred sees you in the stands and he waves. And as he kind of waves and gestures towards you, one of the other students, a boy by the name of Ollie Wright, he is uh, well a merciless brute. He has overdeveloped muscles and underdeveloped empathy. He's starting to turn to see who Fred is waving to. He hasn't seen you yet, but if you wave, you will. You know that. Ollie's not one to let anything go, and Heather is right beside you. You note if there's some type of bullying situation, she is likely to be drugged into it. My friend, what do you do? Ooh.
4: Um, is anyone sitting next to me? The other side. So if I
3: slid away from Heather and then waved, that she wouldn't get dragged into it this is a big game and I'm going to say that you are all part in the expression cheek to cheek here on the metal stands of the bleachers. So unfortunately you couldn't pull far enough away to have Heather avoid being kind of roped in. I, I think Ricky's generally just a friendly guy.
4: Um, not so much thinking about the consequences. He's pretty used to the other kids making fun of him during the day that he would just, Throw up a hand, not an overly exaggerated wave, but just an acknowledgement of the, the greeting.
3: Are you trying to get away with waving, but not making it obvious? You know, are you trying to sneak a wave, I should say? I, I
4: don't think he would think to do that, to be fair. Um, he would just,
3: the standard generic, yeah, I'm waving, but yeah. Okay. So as you wave, Ollie's eyes go over his left shoulder and take you in as soon as he sees you waving and looks back down to Fred who Fred smiles and waves and then turns to talk to a member of his family that he came here with Ollie yells up at you hey Dickie your dad's here to take you home better leave now it's gonna take you all today to go five miles (laughs) hope you brought some apples to fill up the car Ah, and his friends start to laugh
5: um what do you do
4: I, th- I think Ricky would just shrug it off And just keep sitting And ignore it for the most part He's used to Oh my to it. god, he's such a jerk Aren't they all?
1: Well, most of them
4: Could do with an apple, I could throw it at him
3: uh, Let me look at my bag, maybe I have some No, no apples um, So, yeah, uh, what, are you, what is your plan now As Ali yelled this up to you You were going back and forth about him being a jerk And then what would you all uh, What was your plan? <laughs> Carry on trying to enjoy the game and ignore him For the most part Okay. So as you kind of shrink back down, what I need you to do for me is roll in empathy. Um, Both of you, please, as you try to kind of figure out a way to defuse this jerk while the rest of the game plays out. Okay, Heather, with two successes, here's how it works for you. You're able to, you're aware of everything that's going on, but Ali is focusing specifically on ricky and you just keep it keep as you are trying to concentrate on the game ricky you just keep hearing hey dicky hey dicky do you have a phone or a can with a string in it you know just back and forth just this barrage of insults as this asshole decides to ruin the end of the game with you and so as we move from the confrontation here in the stands to the sideline of this athletic endeavor. What we have now is I would like for my two football players, Scarlett and JD to roll me an investigate here to see if you hear anything that's going on. All right. So each of you are able to hear uh bacon a little bit more for JD as you're sitting there and to describe the situation. This is the end of the game. There are 12 seconds left. It's the final timeout. Edgar Allan Poe has the ball and they're threatening around the 40 yard line, but it's, they're down by five. So this is a touchdown or get out situation. And as the final timeout is called the coach, Ray Cook um, is grabbing face masks along the sideline. This is the eighties where this type of behavior was uh, uh, supported. Um, He's grabbing face masks and, praising his wildly mediocre starting quarterback, Tom Hoffman. Um, Tom is standing there, you know, cock of the walk. He's, uh, his uniform is pretty pristine as his offensive line has been keeping him upright for this game. Um, the second string quarterback though, is quiet. He's a shorter boy. Uh, unfortunately he's also named Tom. So the team has nicknamed him Hanks instead, and then basically forgotten him. Um, Jesse, or JD, your uniform shows sweat, grass stains, and the dirt of a war waged. You have been playing the majority of this game. You are a wide receiver. You have been beaten up, basically. Um, It's been a tough one. Scarlett, your uniform is pristine. As the third-string quarterback, you have achieved the impossible. As the only girl in Maryland to be on a team at this level, but you have yet to actually be placed in a game. But Scarlett, as this is going down and as the, the coach is trying to get everybody fired up, Jesse, as you witness and can more so than Scarlett, you can see what's going on in the stands with Ricky and Heather, you know, distracting you a bit from the, 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 the pep rally that you're getting here on the side. Scarlett, I need you to roll and investigate or and empathize, please. Okay, so as you have been watching the game from the sideline here, you have noticed that they're setting the quarterback up. You can see that the linebackers have been playing on his blind side, trying to get the offensive line to bite. You are convinced that they are going to blitz him this play. And he does not know that it's coming as they're all sitting there and the yelling's going on JD, as you're looking up into the stands, Scarlett, you've got one shot shot here. The coaches in front of you, what do you do?
0: Uh, what every uh, <laughs> football player would do who's watching the game, I literally, if I'm standing there, literally start shouting, "Watch the blats,
3: Watch the blats. And Tom Hoffman looks at you as if you know someone's shouting in like, the stands, right? And he just kind of waves off. He doesn't care at all about what you're saying. He doesn't. And the coach, for a second, Coach Cook, kind of picks his eye up. And as they're kind of close to the sideline, having pulled away, not necessarily in the middle of the field in the huddles, they've moved over for the timeout. He thinks about it for a second, but says nothing to Tom. As Tom goes back out, he just turns to Jesse and JD, as you're still looking in the stands at Heather and Ricky grabs your face mask and pulls it down in front of him as if to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And he says, use that speed, son, corner route and hit the afterburners. Tom will get you the ball.
2: Yeah, and I just say, yes, coach, and I just run out and get in position.
3: And as Coach Cook, as you all rush back out, the the first string team takes the field. Coach Cook stands on the sideline and walks back and forth. He's got that that green polo shirt on that is two sizes too small for his belly, and he's got the white, like, super short athletic shorts. (laughs) And as he peacocks around, he says, get out there win, win, goddammit. Losers have no place in Valhalla. Because, uh, as an asterisk, Greg always thinks that football coaches sound like somebody from Mad Max. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know. <laughs> kind mediocre, of, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so as you all get out there, the sides take shape green, Edgar Allan Poe on offense, purple, Frost Ridge on defense. Fourth quarter, 12 seconds left, no timeouts, down by five. Edgar Allan Poe has the ball. Tom Hoffman drops back. Jesse, roll me a move roll. Here we go.
0: And I'm definitely giving him one of my leadership dice.
2: There we go. First okay. leadership die. So I'm like, oh Jesse! For the bonus dice, do I just put one then? Yes, please. Okay. Here we go. At least one.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. So, th- yeah, that's that's where the leadership comes into play, right there. <laughs> yeah. So as as Scarlet, as you're yelling, you know, Jesse, Jesse, you hit the afterburners and describe this. Is is Jesse fast? Is he?
2: Yeah, I think he's uh, decently fast. He's probably amongst like the top five, maybe. Uh, maybe even the top three fastest uh, on the team, but he's not super tall, which makes it hard to be a wide receiver. Um, Usually length helps a lot. Um, But I think what happens is as I break out of my, uh, my stance, I give him like a shake, like I'm going inside, like I'm doing a post route, but I fade out like coach told me. So I'm running on the
3: sideline. And I think I have him beat and you do you see that the defender buys it and you see the defender kind of stop for a second and as soon as you get somebody's legs crossed you know you've got your shot and you just go full stride as you're running down there um I need Heather to roll me an awareness from the stands as unfortunately Ricky is too distracted with Ollie's taunts to kind of engage in the final moments here uh
1: awareness
3: oh I s- investigate What? <laughs> too many systems Greg we go.
5: Did it go through? Oh, there we go.
3: Nice, nice. All right. Okay, so as far as Heather is concerned, both Heather and Scarlett, has already identified this, see this happen. You see that, as foretold, one of Frost's linebackers peels off of the blind side, creeps around, gets real low, and has been setting up the left tackle for the majority of the game. The tackle buys it wide open shot to Tom Hoffman, but Tom looks over his left shoulder and sees the rusher coming. He has a chance. If he holds the ball a beat longer, he'll give JD a better chance to grab it, but he'll open himself up to a hit. He fails to do that. He throws it quickly. He launches it into the air, making it almost impossible for JD to catch. And then he crumples, saving himself from the hit as the linebacker sails over him in what would have been a, a crunching rib shot. Tom protects himself and exposes his wide receiver. J.D., as you're running, and Scarlet Heather, you all witness this. You can see that what happened behind the line of scrimmage, and now J.D., J.D., as you're moving, I need you to roll me another move roll, please. As you kind of break inside, the safety is starting to move and the ball is thrown in such a way that you are being set up for a hell of a hit. Mm-hmm. All right. Here it is. <sighs> Do I want to reroll it? You can, um, you can no. push. I'm not going to. Yeah. Okay. So as you roll, as you move, the safety closes directly in on you. The ball is still, somehow your speed has carried you to the point where you still have a puncher's chance at this. I need you to roll me a force roll as you launch into the air in full extension. Somehow you catch the ball on the tips of your fingers. You... Almost flick it back towards you. And as it's twirling and coming back towards your helmet, you move both of your hands to get it before you hit the ground. And that's when the safety crashes into your side. The ball goes flying, you go helicoptering out of bounds. Some of the cheerleaders actually jump out of the way. Scarlet, you see JD just get lit on the outside of the sideline where he was running. And you hear the entire deflation of the crowd, at least those that were cheering for um, Edgar Allan Poe, (sighs) as the clock ticks down to double zero. Everybody, I'm gonna give you a chance to do whatever you would like. Heather, you witnessed this entire thing. You saw that JD has been blasted. He's on your side of the field where the bleachers are. Um, JD, for the purposes of what just happened, you are not, don't have a condition, but -hmm. you are currently bell rung as yeah. you are on the kind of ground.
2: Yeah, I think I probably just well, after I finally stop from you know rolling or whatever, I probably like let, uh, roll over into like a child's pose kind of position, like just kind of crumpled up and holding my helmet like this on the ground. Um pretty shook up by it.
1: Yeah. Uh Heather Heather jumps up out of her seat to see to see if she can peer over the crowd to see if he's if he's okay. Can you know, she she wants to what does she
3: see? Um, at this point, between you and uh, uh, J.D. would be the cheerleaders that are standing there. Everybody's starting to mill about as well, too. You can see that the majority of the team, I will leave Scarlet for a second, but they're lining up to shake hands. J.D. forgotten.
1: Um, so Heather is going to try to make her way through the cheerleaders uh, to get to J.D.'s side, uh, as it, it doesn't seem like anybody's uh, on their way to help him.
3: Okay. Let's stick with Heather for a second. Um, Ricky, you're able to extricate yourself from Ollie at this point as Ollie was momentarily distracted by violence, which he likes. He saw JD get smashed and stood up and clapped. Now, he goes to school with all of you, but he clapped for the hit that was levied against his classmate. Um, Ricky, what would you like to do? Are you going to try to get out of the situation or um, totally up to you what you'd like to do?
4: I'm assuming the crowd is now moving The game's over They're They're heading out. Everyone's standing up. up. Yeah. Uh, Ricky would try to blend into the crowd, although he's taller than if if it's mostly kids, he's taller than a lot of them. Um, But he would probably go with Heather to try and head towards
3: just to check on JD head down. (laughs) Uh, Roll me a sneak as you kind of look to blend in and I'll give you a bonus die here for the crowd. The crowd's acting as an item here to help you kind of hide nice there you go. here's what i'm going to allow you to do not only are you able to sneak i'm going to allow you to bank a die for any sneak roll i ask you to make later so if you have to make a perfect. sneak roll in the future you may have one of these successes to use at a later date perfect um so yeah you're able to dip you know take your height and kind of hun- hunch over and get out of the crowd heather as you move and kind of get down into the field area um one of the cheerleaders uh, by the name of Peggy Swanson, she stands up and she said, she sees you coming. Um, we lost. It's not a funeral. Don't.
1: Why do you have to be such a jerk? Look, I, I'm never mind. And she just
3: waves her off and goes forward to JD. One of the other cheerleaders says, I'm sorry. Did she have something to say? Um, are you going out with Dusty Dickie? What does
1: it matter? Just leave me alone. She uh, ignores them and
3: heads to JD. As you move towards JD, you hear one of them say, I don't think I've ever heard her speak. I "I guess she can. She said something. I didn't hear it though. And they walk off. You get to JD. JD, Heather is the first face that you see. Unfortunately, there are three Heathers that are currently with you.
1: Are you all right?
2: Yeah, I... I'm fine. I, I wish I would have caught that. Uh, back kind of hurts a little bit actually. Um, I, I mean the, the ball doesn't
1: the, the ball doesn't matter as much as, as, as you do. Um, can you can you sit up?
2: Yeah, and I kind of like roll over to my uh, my back and I like reach out my hands to get a help like get helped up.
3: We're gonna cut right there. And we're gonna go back about 20 seconds, 30 seconds to the sideline. Scarlet, JD has just gotten destroyed. And as the team comes over to the sideline, Tom Hoffman in his relatively pristine uniform, the first thing he says, he yells towards JD. Nice job, asshole, you should've caught that. Shut up, Tom. And she like, gives him a look.
0: You, you totally were not watching the reeds back there. The, 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 the guy just came around Joe there and you, you messed up, you messed up. That's on you, that's not on JD.
3: Roll me a charm to see if you can slip. This is not a charm, you're not charming him. You're using your powers of persuasion to see if you can elicit something from him. <laughs> Yeah. he looks around and and everybody kind of buddies up to tom and uh they say hey tom threw that ball perfect it was jd's fault he missed it he you got scared got worried
0: you were you looked too far down the field
3: first of all
0: you heard the footsteps behind you and you got scared you just tossed the ball without even looking to protect yourself you, you scared to get hit now tom
3: you can see that Tom knows exactly what you're talking about. And he deflects away from that by yelling, towards, by yelling towards Peggy. Hey, Peggy, you got any extra pom-poms? And he indicates Scarlet as they giggle and walk off to shake hands with the other team. Um, Hanks, who is the second string quarterback, the shorter boy that unfortunately is also named Tom, um, walks up beside you. Uh, looks up and says, "I saw it too," and he walks off.
1: Yeah,
0: she kind of like just frustratingly like, <sighs> unclips her helmet and pulls it off, and and then she's gonna go over to help JD.
3: Okay, so that's right when you get to um, right when Heather is pulling up JD is when both Ricky and Scarlet kind of. Reach JD as well So the four of you are together for the first time um, Obviously two of our players Still outfitted in football uniforms But the four of you are together What would you like to do?
2: Yeah, Sorry. Just, uh, Once I get up I would just say To, to Heather, thanks for, thanks for coming and grabbing me I appreciate that And then I would look to Scarlet and just be like Why doesn't he ever just pay attention? I was wide open He threw that ball like shit he
0: ha- he just has his blinders on. He just he he can't think past the his face mask.
2: Look at his jersey. One time again. It's clean. Look at ours. Or look at mine. I'm
1: just sorry, getting destroyed man. out here. I don't even know
3: why you play this game. <laughs> Dad, everybody. Because this is not a victory. Go to your Spotify playlist and please queue up The Pet Shop Boys. What have I done to deserve this? So, in the 10 to 15, 20, 30 minutes after the game, what do you all do? And I have a corruption bar that I'm going to put into play here very soon.
0: Well, I'm assuming Scarlett and JD need to go back to the locker room, take out all their gear, you know, change, get yelled at by the coaches, which still happens <laughs> in current
3: day. Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're screamed at. <laughs> it's not. It's not as overt anymore, like the actual physical grabbing and stuff at like that level. Yeah. But it's still. It's yeah. It is not gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they'll come. They'll probably come out. Like Scarlet will c- probably one of the last ones out, and just like carrying her her um, helmet and her shoulder pads, It's kind of like <sighs> a little yeah. deflated, but.
3: Yeah, J.D., you have to put up with either complete silence, nobody talking to you, or, like, people walking by and, like, dropping their helmet. Like, oh, 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 I dropped my helmet. I better pick it up, Butterfingers. I mean, oh, 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 oh. you know, just juvenile things. Yeah. Uh,
2: I think from experience, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think J.D. would probably just – he feels bad, too, you know, even – uh, even though it could have been a better throw, he still feels bad that we lost. Um he probably wouldn't say anything until uh the quarterback said something to him and I would make a remark about his jersey being s- spotless.
3: Sure. Okay, roll me a charm here. Uh is yeah. this this is meant to be like sarcastic and perhaps a bit intimidating, correct?
2: Yeah, it's supposed to be more like kind of like you did you haven't You could have thrown a better throw, but you decided not to get hit, and you let me get hit instead. We could have won that game. Sure, I kind of stand up for myself. Yeah,
3: Uh, charm roll. Yeah, there it is. He gets up in your face. Um, you know, confrontation. You're, 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 you know, calling into question his talents. But as soon as you mention his uniform you know, the running back who is equally as blown up as you are just walks by and says, yeah, your mom's not even going to have to wash it, Tommy. And that's in and of itself, not bad, but it's enough to diffuse the situation. And you get one of those looks like next time, Mm. but you're able to quit the scene without any type of physical altercation. Cool. All right, Heather, Ricky, you're, I'm assuming waiting for these two to come back out. Yes. Both of you roll me an investigate. Okay. So we have three for Heather. Heather, here's how we're going to do this. Just like Ricky has a sneak roll that's coming to him, a bonus sneak die. You have a bonus investigate die if you need it in the future. So make sure you kind of write that down that you've got a plus one to something. As you're sitting there, the wind picks up. And it's already cold. It's already low 50s here. But the wind threatens to drop it even lower for this time of year. And Heather, you hear clear as day, carried along this wind as if it were like a concert or an outdoor orchestra in a nearby park, brought to you by the crisp air. You hear, I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. Help. Help. Help, Heather! Help me!
5: Uh,
1: is that a is it a voice I recognize?
5: You don't recognize it, no.
1: Ricky, Ricky, did you hear that?
5: Uh,
4: hear what?
1: Um, there's someone. Someone's calling for
3: help. Uh, Heather's gonna look around and see if she sees anyone you don't see anybody that matches with a, a a three investigate no one's even looking at you all unfortunately this is sort of your lot in life as uh, you're either being bullied or ignored um, but the two of you and we'll say that Ricky as soon as you kind of concentrate you hear something you know but it's it sounds more like a whisper without a whisper from two rooms away you, know, you can barely hear something but Heather, for you, it repeats, clear as a bell. I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided.
5: Help. Help. Heather, help me.
1: Heather's going to look in her backpack to see if her uh, Walkman is playing and to see if she can hear it through
3: the headphones. No when you put the headphones up and kind of cancel out the outside noise, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, back in the day, Walkmans weren't necessarily known for their noise dampening. <laughs> but uh, when you put them on, um, as the phone kind of touches the outside of your ear, it's clearer, crisper. I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. Help, help. Um, Heather, help me. Uh, she's
1: she's going to stop the stop the tape is the tape even playing
3: tape was not playing no. um,
1: hey Ricky li- hey listen to this
3: can I hear anything you listen for a second and you're about to remark to Heather that it's not on you know there was no play hit or anything like that and you hear I was standing you were there two worlds collided help help Ricky help
5: me
4: Ricky would then obviously check the um, the main part <laughs> of the Walkman, <laughs> to see that it's not playing. Um, yeah, that, that's look at Heather and that's
1: that's freaky. What? Um, yeah, it's 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 not even playing. Is it is it receiving? A, is it a radio? You know, sometimes mechanical things receive radio transmissions, right?
4: I mean, this like shouldn't. have you heard the
1: story of the people with braces?
4: Uh, but this shouldn't. He'll look it over, um, pop the tape out. It's, does it still just keep repeating?
3: Yeah, but um, it seems to be, if you compare the two of you, it seems to be on a, for lack of a better phrase, a quicker repetition for Heather and a slower one for Ricky. You know, Heather's might repeat three times a minute, yours barely two. That just could be because Ricky's slow. He's <laughs>
4: I mean, he's only got one in mind. He's not, he's not the brightest kid.
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't even know who to help. Have you ever heard of anything like this?
4: No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this, this doesn't receive radio broadcasts, but then why is it saying my name?
1: No, it's saying my name. No. Yeah. Wait, you're hearing your name?
4: Yeah, saying, Ricky, help me.
1: Um, okay, somebody's got to be playing a, tr- a, a prank on us. Um, I mean, let's look, a- let's look around. Somebody, If they're playing a prank on us, they'd be here watching.
4: Yeah, they'd have to be watching to know that we're swapping the headphones over.
1: Right, right. So uh, Heather's going to start looking around.
3: As you look around, you see JD and Scarlet walk up. Nobody else, though.
1: JD there Scarlett, um, hey, um, you know hey. Heather is looking a little panicked. Um, what's going on? Oh, hey, hey, listen to this, and she she's gonna hang, hand over the headset. Scarlett, help help me look around. What's what's wrong? I, like I I think somebody's trying to play a prank.
2: I'll throw the headset on mm. when she hands it over.
1: I'll
0: I'll walk over to Heather and be like. I don't get what's going on, but I'll follow you.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so as the other three are looking around, JD, as you put the Walkman headset on, you hear, I was standing, you were there, two worlds collided, help, help, JD, help me.
2: Nah, I'll I'll take him off my, what, what is this, what, what, what are you guys doing?
1: I don't know, but did they say your name? Yeah. It said said my name, name. it said my name. And my name. What? Let me see. Can she hold her hand in?
3: Yeah, hand him over to Scarlet. Get- and she'll put it on. As soon as you put them on, Scarlet, you hear, I was standing, you were there, two worlds collided. Help, help, Scarlet, help me. That's weird.
2: Yeah, yeah it's weird. Who, who's who's that? Your name?
0: Yeah, Scarlet, help. Who? Huh? Who? Who is it? Where did you get this? It, she it just,
1: it just started making... Me-
2: Oh, it, it, it could be picking something up, right? Like radio or someone. That's
1: that's what I thought, but it, we all hear our own names. So they'd yeah. have to be watching us. Fuck. Or I don't I don't know how that
2: works. I repeating. Yeah. I would like look around and see if I can see anybody like peering around a corner or Something, you know, trying Twisting to
3: watch. a mustache or something, no, <laughs> yeah, <there's> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids will never find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you don't see, I'll, I'll give you a free one because we've had some good investigates so far. There's nobody, everybody is kind of pulled out of this area. Um, no one's congregating anymore. You don't see anybody looking at you all. Um, who has the headset right now, Heather? This is yours, or is it, our- I still have it. yeah. Uh, then Scarlet, you would hear, and Heather, you would feel the tape player start, and you'd see the spool begin to take the tape across the reader. Scarlet, you hear something from inside the headphones now. What do I hear? When you pull them up, you hear over and over again, Castle Grayskull, Castle Grayskull, Castle Grayskull, Castle Grayskull.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now it's saying something else. Castle Grayskull? Do we
3: know what that is? We know what that is, right? You would know that the local youth of the area refer to an old loop building in the north, one that was abandoned by the company and the corporation for unknown reasons. But because of its position on a ridge a couple miles north and its overlook and kind of ominous nature, the kids have started calling it Castle Grayskull.
0: It's got. It's got to be a prank. It's saying Castle Grayskull now. Then she will hand it to the closest person. Well,
2: that's that's that loop building, right? The old one. Yeah. So, um, it could be coming from there, I guess. As There's
3: you kind of responses. yeah, as you you're all talking about this, and as you're kind of handing off the headphones and kind of you know, all of a sudden from that wind that was blowing from the north, you all now hear your own names. JD, Ricky, Heather, Scarlet, help me, help me, help. Castle call. help me. And just almost like a swarm, this cacophony that blows around like autumnal leaves. It touches each of you and you can almost see the wind as it's blowing north. And there just the, the geometry of the edges of the old building in the north against that ridge you can see Castle Grace Gotta
1: go, I guess. Go. What do you mean go? I mean, somebody needs help. Yeah, Where they were asking we for go. help. Two worlds collided. I mean, maybe it's something something happening with the loop. You know, it's I mean, weird.
4: If we went out, let's be honest, we're all just gonna get annoyed. People are gonna moan at you, JD, for a bad throw. Ollie's probably gonna throw an apple at me. Like
0: screw those guys. Let's exactly. go. And she's, yes. gonna, <laughs> she's gonna put her she's gonna put her her shoulder pads in her helmet and she's going to strap it to her, to her bike. So it's all ready to go.
3: I'm going to take some liberties here, Scarlett, uh, or uh, 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 G, if you will, you strap the um, shoulder pads to the front of the bike. So keeping with the Mad Max theme, it looks like your bike is now wearing shoulder pads. Is that cool? And like <laughs> yeah. the helmets in the yeah. front, almost like a, like a, 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 figurehead on a ship, you know, yeah. just sticking out. Okay. <laughs> i just i need it for me you know i just need okay. that because okay. how, how it works like the shoulder pads will come and then you put
0: your helmet through the bottom so then you, the and, and, bottom you bottom, and then you and then you carry you carry it by the face mask and the the shoulder pads hang on so
3: right 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 <laughs> all right so you deck this all out and um you all are riding north then towards castle grayskull okay everybody because this is another montage a traveling montage if you would go to your spotify playlist and go down to a little Duran Duran, Union of the Snake. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. Okay, and so you begin to go in the direction and you can see Castle Grayskull is on not necessarily a peak. Uh, you're already very high in the mountains here in Garrett, but you can see it's kind of on a ridge line, and you can keep it in sight as you're going and after a while the asphalt becomes gravel, becomes dirt as The crow flies there isn't a road that leads to castle grayskull and so at one point very soon you all kind of uh, are riding through um just old deer paths and stuff as you kind of look up and through the trees you can see castle grayskull you're dipping down into the washes and popping back up and pedaling equal amounts down and up as you're going you get to one point and you see that there's just a low valley and then you can ride a switch back up to Castle Grayskull itself, but you have to dip down into this valley. And as you dip down into this little wash area, this maybe two, 300 yard kind of densely packed trees, um, out of nowhere, a fog that seems to have been underneath the evergreens permeates until all of a sudden, like a cloud that forgot to wake up here in the mountains you can barely see each other two or three feet away. And you quickly realize that riding a bike is dangerous now. So with skids of brakes, you're able to get off and push your bikes, but it's difficult to orient, orient, I look around and see where you're going. Um, because of a fantastic backstory element, I would like to have Ricky roll a force roll. But this is not for hitting or doing anything. This is uh, part of your survival list that you've had. Uh, can I spend a look? You absolutely can. You can re-roll it. All right. With three successes, you are able to begin to lead everybody. It takes you a second. And you're like, no, no, no. Here, you can see a washout and a run. That means that's heading from down to up. We need to keep heading in this direction. And all of you actually feel yourselves turned a bit as Ricky correctly moves you back into the, as the crow flies that you were moving. And so as you begin to creep up this area, Heather, you see leaning against a tree, a man with long, almost like feathered black hair. He's got a... Denim jacket on, denim pants, black t-shirt. And he says, loud enough to the point where it almost makes you shrink back in the forced silence, you hear him say, Stay quiet, Heather, and I'll let you live.
1: Does it... Does anybody else see him? No. I I look at my friends. Um, See who? Nothing. Nothing. Never mind. You okay? Um. No, I just, I, I thought I saw something over there.
3: You know, she'll look. Nothing. Ricky, you kind of guide ahead a little bit, and you're lost a bit in the fog as you realize they're not following you anymore, kind of slowed pace a bit as you, you know, look back.
4: i say, if, if he's pulling away and they're just at the edge of vision, he would probably stop and
3: back the bike up towards him as ricky begins to reverse heather as you're looking around you feel two hands grab your handlebars and when you look straight ahead you see the man the hair now hanging down into his face a bit and he says Shh, heather you're gonna be fine you will be fine and then he looks at the other three and kind of shrugs prices inflation's a bitch go away Why should I? You're where I live.
1: You're not... you're not here.
3: Of course I am. He pinches the back of your hand.
1: Are you the... are you the walking man?
5: He smiles. Call me Randall.
1: What do you want?
3: Just three things. Three? He looks... friends? Ricky, JD, and Scarlet. No. We'll see... And he turns and starts to walk off into the fog
1: (sighs) hey guys jd jd did you
3: yes
1: okay you know how that was weird with the with the tape with the with the walkman uh-huh did
2: you did you
1: did you just see him
2: huh see who did you just see
1: him no okay
2: not well it's kind of foggy and i already said this is this is some mm. did
1: you ever Mm -mm. read the did you ever read the stand
2: no, it's my next one. I just finished. Um, I just finished <sighs> it, and this is giving me some. I don't. I don't like it.
1: Uh, I don't like it either. I think maybe we maybe we do need to turn around. I don't know who's in trouble there, but I think See, we might need to turn around now.
2: I, I think but, you know. But, I'm. I'm thinking she might be. She might be onto something, guys.
1: I know well, somebody's in trouble, but I think there is something going on here with this. This, um, with the loop. Well, <sighs> what happened? What. There was a you guys, man. You guys a man look came. so
0: freaked out. What happened? And she's gonna walk her bike a little closer. Freaked out. I there mean, was, look at
2: the fog and can't see you and can't see anything. And people are saying that. no no. There
1: was a man. There was a man right here. And he's a very, very bad man. And he's from a book. Okay. I know it's crazy, but he's from a book. Um and he is he's he's evil and he wants you guys, he wants to take you guys And I, I don't, uh, I'm like And you guys didn't even see him
0: She's gonna She's gonna like uh, s- like Lean off her bike, kick the stand down And she's, she's gonna walk forward Into the, like, not like way ahead But she's gonna walk In front of uh, Heather's bike Just to go forward a little bit, see if she can like yeah. Careful, careful, like, careful. See into
1: okay. There's, there's okay. no one here No, no, he, he was right Hello? here Hello? Hello? He was right um, here. God.
3: Everybody, roll me an investigate, please. Heather. <laughs> Heather's just going to
2: continue to see things. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: yeah, got that, good glasses, right? That's what I love about this yeah. game. It's almost like, you know, no one believes you. You're like the Cassandra uh, <laughs> prophecy that everyone's like, what? No, we don't believe you. And then it comes to pass. But so, Heather, as you're looking around, You feel that wind that you felt down by the football field come whipping down into the valley. You all witness this fog being literally blown out to the south. You see it kind of wave and ripple around you. All of it from the high kind of uh, fuming mist to the low-lying clinging fog is blown past you. And as this happens, Heather, you see flag exposed as this mist blows away from where he had kind of crept into it and he looks up towards Castle Grayskull that you now see and he goes well that's not fair at all and you see him blow away like the mist and in your ears all of you help me please
5: (laughs) please Yeah.
2: Just, Just see, this was you guys, you guys heard that right? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, we need to help someone.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: and he was right there again. You guys believe me, right? He's right there. He's oh, looking at you. Castle Gray School. We gotta go.
2: Just... Go which want... way?
1: Is he the guy who is he the one asking for help? No, I don't think so. I think oh yeah. I think whoever needs help needs help from him. <laughs> Shouldn't we help them, though? I mean, yeah. Look, it, yes. I mean, we gotta, we gotta do this. I mean, can he hurt us if we're all here together? Like, we're all we can, together. There's less a chance he can hurt us. Like, if he tries something, we
0: can just like fight him off, right?
4: Just as long as we stay together. Yeah. Then we and
0: stick she'll, together. She'll put her hand on Heather's shoulder. Say, like, we'll all stick together. You're not gonna be by yourself. You guys <laughs> it'll realize be, this is it'll how, be
2: fine. how every horror movie and book starts, right? Every one of them. Just a group of kids. Oh, we'll figure it out. They never do. Well, I'll go. If you guys want to go, I'm not. Turn- I'm not going back that way by myself. So, if you guys want to go, we need to help this person. But,
1: well, I, you know, in the books, in the books, they always figure it out in the end. Some of them. Okay. But this isn't a book, this is real life.
2: Yeah, that's that's what makes it more scary. <laughs> I'm I, for it, I'm for it. I don't want to argue about not going because I'm not going back that way. I'm just saying, if we're going to stick together, we got to stick together. We're going to stick
1: together. Yeah.
2: Okay. If anyone s-
4: loses sight of the person in front of them in the fog, you need to speak up. We stay close.
0: Should we just, just leave the, the bikes, bikes here?
3: We sh-
2: It's getting harder to ride, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. castle greyskull only looks like it's about a hundred yards up a switchback just the length of a football field come on we're so close let's go
4: let's go let's push the bikes in case we lose them i mean finding them back in this fog is not going to be fun okay okay all right okay
0: she'll kind of like take the lead first and start walking
3: Pushing your bike. (laughs) So everybody, if you want to hit repeat on Union of the Snake, we see our four heroes ascending a switchback, each of them walking their mechanical steeds up towards Castle Grayskull. And as we kind of pivot and spin around a bit and come back down, you all reach the building. The building has seen better days, and by that I mean a lot of it is standing ruin. And as soon as you reach the edge of this building, there is a, a a very wide hole. You believe that it used to be a, a door, but the frame and everything around it has been torn away. You can see inside. Um, there's light from inside, so there's obviously some... The, the, the roof of this place is compromised. Um, natural light is coming in. Is there anything you would like to do? This is a, a an access, and the wind seems to be coming... From this rift.
0: You we find a spot to park our bikes? <laughs>
4: yeah. How late in the day is it, Greg?
3: It's taking you a bit. It's probably about 2 p.m.
4: We've still got quite a bit of light. Now's the time to do something here if we're going to do it. Otherwise, I don't want to walk out of here in the dark.
2: Mm-mm, yeah. No. Gotta make it fast.
1: And I'll look at Heather. Is he, is he still here? Heather's going to look around
3: no need for a roll you don't see him
1: no he's not here we should go in and get whoever that is and get him out yeah let's go
3: as you all kind of creep in through this this jagged opening this rift you realize that you are even though you're walking in at the ground floor you're actually on a sort of like a suspended catwalk Um, You can see down and into the center of the building, which looks like it was deliberately made into a courtyard, the open blue garret sky above. Um, But as soon as you walk in, you can see that on the far end of the courtyard, this is a massive building, so maybe 200 yards away, as it's kind of ringed with this, this wall, you see a figure walking. I'd like you all to roll investigate for me, please. I got one. Okay, so JD, who is the most hesitant to come this far into the structure or towards Grayskull, as you look, you see that this person is wearing some type of like a a, a blue and purple uniform. Um, It almost looks like a security guard, but as you're looking, you can see that the, the person is incredibly thin. They're not, it's not like the walking dead or anything sure. like that. This isn't a zombie. It's just a very thin individual, but just even with your one success in the distance, you can tell that this, it almost looks like somebody that used to be of a much, I mean, a, a, a greater or healthier weight than someone that is this painfully thin. Now um, you can see that they he turns around and, he almost looks jaundiced in the face and you can tell it's a man because there's a bit of stubble on the cheeks that look it looks white in comparison to the the, the the jaundiced skin but because the rest of you didn't roll any investigate successes you all are aware basically at the same time jd included that there is a man that came in behind you who has a long wispy gray beard he seems to be 70 75 but you all would recognize him as the the colloquialism stands the town drunk by the name of main street jimmy and he looks at you with one blue eye and one brown eye (sighs) i can't believe it friends friends you
5: i knew you'd come hey jimmy
1: Jimmy. Hey. Jimmy, were you calling us?
5: Oh, no, no. I can't keep my mind straight. You, you don't know me, not yet. No, um... What you you okay, Jimmy? You all need to to get him out of here. Who? The ones that they're keeping.
3: Where? From the room that you're in, he indicates a hallway to the left and a hallway to the right.
5: You all got to go down there and be brave and get him out. You uh, got to turn the tide, even the odds, give us a fighting chance. I can be in two places at once, but... <laughs> know, uh, you can't. This place is a prison. Bad things that come to Garrett. The good things come too. They put them all here, the good things. You gotta free them.'t keep my mind straight. Does that make sense? No.
0: I feel like all four of us are just standing there like really close right. together. We're just like,
3: he, he, you can see that his face has kind of a, a sheen of dirt on it. And you can see that there are tears that are kind of washing elements of that away. One tear coming from the blue eye, one tear coming from the brown. Uh, um, I don't know how
5: to get you to trust me, um.
3: you you all have to help, because you already have. You, um. he points to the left hallway. Heather, Jesse, you got to go down there. He points to the right. Scarlet
5: Ricky, you all have to go down there. I'll bo- stay here and make sure the
3: chief doesn't get you. This, this is what I was afraid of, guys. He said the he said the chief. And he creeps up, kind of if you allow him to, he kind of creeps among you and he looks at that figure that JD saw across
5: and he goes, That's old chief Rugen.
3: He came up here after what happened last year. Um. And when this figure, this thin figure turns with its purple outfit on, you can see on the chest Rugen and you can tell that it is a Garrett PD uniform.
2: So we would know that he kind of like disappeared after a bit, and you yeah. would
3: also know that he was wanted for the murder of a local mm, boy.
2: Yeah, um, guys, he if that I saw him, and then he walked in behind us. He he's wanted for for murder. He just like this is, and he wants us to split up. This might be too... This is getting... I
1: mean, we we know we need... We know we need to do something here. Um, But I don't... I don't think we're going to split up.
4: It's easier to sneak... Sorry, it's easier to sneak if there's only two of us walking at a time. It's difficult
5: with four. That's what Ricky said before. Trust me, you'll be able to see each other. You just... The river's between you. What river? The one down below. If we look down, the hole is... What? You can barely
3: hear the sound of rushing water.
2: Do, would we have known that there would have been water underneath
3: this building like that? Set where it is against the edge of a cliff, there yeah. really shouldn't so be. Like <laughs> sewer, sewers or something or something like that. Be like, guys, It definitely sounds like water. I mean, you can speculate, but it's yeah. you wouldn't know about, you know.
2: Yeah, just hearing it, I'd be like, guys, Pennywise hangs out in like sewers and round water and things and trap kids and stuff. If what Heather's saying is true, then why couldn't Pennywise also exist? I don't know. Written
3: by the same person? Uh, it's weird.
1: You're right. What's but do
3: the, do we trust Jimmy? When you say Pennywise, Jimmy uh, okay. looks Jimmy looks right at you, JD, and says, "He's not here. Not yet." What do you
2: you you seen him before? You seen him you you seen him here before?
5: Yeah, but it was
2: summertime.
0: You're. Okay. JD, you're putting ideas in his head. Why well, ideas are being put in my head? I don't know. You. He didn't bring up Pennywise until you did.
5: Okay. Okay. Uh, Optimus Prime comes in a month. I think.
0: Okay. and we know
3: we we know who we know who jimmy is 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 this a normal behavior for him you would know jimmy and this is this is in a small town anybody that fits jimmy's description unfortunately has a lot said about them and um you would know that the only real things is that jimmy is from garrett um and he's also a veteran of vietnam And that a lot of his behaviors, attributed to, you know, both his addiction problems and some of his mental health issues are attributed to that war that he took part in in Southeast Asia. Um, He has never been known to be violent. He has, um, he's accepted by the community. Many people have tried to help him. Uh, It's just that this is pretty much how he is. And, uh, you know, He just, he points to the right hallway. He goes, uh, Scarlet and Ricky, and to the left, J.D. Heather.
0: I think we should go. He's, 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 he's talking really weird, and it's not like he
1: usually does. You're right.
5: promise I'll keep you safe. You guys know him better than me, so
2: okay
1: well let's let's go there's somebody somebody needs our help so we should go yeah just
0: we kind of like start turning towards the right like just shout if you if either like if we need help just shout and then the other people will just will come running back to each other okay
1: all right guys be careful because randall flag he really wants i don't know if we see anyone we'll yeah go the other way okay
2: should we say i promise a time frame to meet back. Should we meet back here? What? How do we want to do it? Five minutes?
0: Maybe ten.
3: Okay. Jimmy looks down on a uh, a wristwatch that looks ancient, but it also looks slightly modern and has a cracked face on it. You can meet back here at um, 223
2: or 228. Uh... JD will pull out his uh, pocket watch and he'll flip that open um, and he'll look at the clock and whatever time, you know, is there, it'll be like, okay, we have this many minutes or whatever. And on the inside, if anyone like looks at it, there's a picture of a woman. She's blonde, um, like a little bit more heavy set, but you guys probably won't have seen her yet or know who that is. And then I'll close and be like, okay, we have we have ten minutes. Let's let's hurry and
3: we'll get back.
1: Careful guys, be safe. We will.
3: As you all kind of enter your respective tunnels or, or hallways, Jimmy says, Hey. And he looks at all of you equally, kind of gazing back and forth. Thank you, friends. Thank you. It means a lot.
0: You're welcome, Jimmy. We'll we'll figure it out. Don't worry.
3: And, yeah, he blinks back with his one blue eye and his one brown eye and (sighs) I'll stay here and watch. And you see him kind of hunker down, eyeing Chief Rugen from 200 yards away that he is.
4: You keep an eye on him, Jimmy. Let us know if he comes after us.
3: He doesn't look away and just puts a thumb up over his shoulder.
0: Come on, Ricky. Let's go.
3: Um, who's
4: Pennywise?
2: He's a
0: he's a clown. Uh, yeah, from a book. Oh. I haven't read it, but it sounds like a movie?
4: Not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't read books unless the school tells me to read it. I'm
2: not reading it.
1: Stay away! Ab- stay away from bad things and people you don't know. All right.
2: Some sounds- stranger danger. Go Try ahead. not to think of things that you're afraid of.
1: Yeah okay right, let's go let's go jd she's gonna
0: she's just gonna flip her football in her hand and just kind of tuck it under her arm and <laughs> keep walking
3: okay so as you split off and go in your respective directions as scarlet and ricky head to the right and as jd and heather head to the left everybody as you are descending roll me a investigate as you go deeper into castle grayskull i somehow succeeded with one die <laughs> That's the way it works. Okay, so, Ricky, you're the first to kind of catch this, but everybody else eventually catches it. Uh, he just does it a couple steps ahead of everyone else. Um, you can hear the increasing sound of rushing water. This is almost a roar as you hear this this incredible transportation of fluid. As it goes from right to left, you kind of explode into an area that has this sluice way that is carrying the silvery water, this, this barely lit liquid that's lit by these blue electric lights, very odd neon blue lights that kind of extend along these catwalks. As soon as you all get out onto the catwalks, you look to the one group to the right, the other group to the left, and you can see each other. You are about 30 yards across with this silvery liquid kind of sploshing and slashing. You can tell that it's moving at an incredible rate. But again, because of the earlier things that you've deduced, you're on a cliff face. Where would this water be coming from? It's not evident where it's running to. It should be shooting out through the face of the cliff and descending like a waterfall. But of course, that feature is not part of the Garrett landscape. As you get in there, you all begin to get, and Ricky first, this slight taste of copper in the air, this, this almost a metallic taste that you can kind of feel and you suspect it's probably part of the mist that's being kicked up by this water. Um, you also realize that if you attempt to communicate with the group on the right or the group on the left, you can see one another, but your words are lost over this roar. On each side, you can talk to each other, but communication across the gap, it's, it's well nigh impossible. Um, if everyone could cue up the song, Electric Blue by Ice House, now would be a good time to do so.
4: Ricky would turn to, uh, to Scarlet and say, we need to keep an eye back. Um, we're probably gonna struggle to hear them just to see if every now and then look back.
3: And you're on yeah. a parallel course too. So as you go on the catwalk, if you look straight over, you can see the other group. You know, now if you go faster or slower, then you would break that. But um, it seems that both of your paths are going in the same direction, just thirty yards apart, with this silvery water rushing through. Yeah,
0: we'll, we won't
3: keep you. We'll, we won't let them out of our sight. Okay and how do you all convey that to one another like the two i know that you can talk to each other but how to group to group how do you convey
0: yeah
3: okay so as you all kind of walk on the guide rails constantly looking over at the other group let's stick with the right side first after about oh 50 60 yards you reach a the destination of this catwalk And there is a strange machine that is lightly kind of frosted with this water, the mist of this water. Um, It seems to be part computer and part combustion engine. It sits dark, but beside it, in like a crystal vat, is what looks like liquid, this glowing blue, vibrant liquid, and you realize it's the same color as the lights above you. And each of you on the right side, Scarlet, and uh, who are my right side, Ken, Scarlett, and Ricky, um, roll me an investigate, please.
0: Can I give my plus one to Ricky for my leadership?
3: I got a one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he got was one. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> That's your second one with one, right? I love it. Um, D6. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you both get this. What you see is as you kind of move towards this Frankenstonian machine, you see written in chalk on the floor. Start the machine. Make a key. And then there's a space and Scarlet, written in your own hand, it says, Bombs Away, Scarlet. She's
0: going to point. Look at this
4: um yeah
0: that's that's my handwriting that's my name
3: have you been here before no Ricky where it says start the machine and make a key that's your handwriting um
4: not to alarm you call it but that looks like my handwriting
0: just gonna turn to Ricky. What's going on? Jimmy said that we had been here before.
4: And that I had said something before. Maybe this is us telling ourselves to do something.
0: That's weird. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can we start the machine.
3: As the right you're, side you're is the look- mechanic. <laughs> Right. As the right side is looking at one another and wonder, we go over to the left side. And as you reach the identical point across from uh, the right team, you see an open space on your side as well. But instead of it all being catwalk, there is a large element of the space on your side that's actually part of the stone. And roll me an investigate for the two of you or a comprehend I will take as well. I can investigate. Comprehend is
2: a little better, so we'll try that, of course.
3: Oh, you were talking to me. No, no, that's, a, that's perfectly fine, though. Um, I can use that for a moment. Uh, <laughs> Heather, with your one investigate, you can feel a wind coming from this area. You realize it's the same breeze, the same wind that you felt at the football field miles away down in Garrett as you both move kind of, you're not out of eyesight or uh, uh, of the other team, but you're moving kind of away from the edge of the railing, away from the water. As you get in there, you realize that there are two pits in this room and they have bars over top of them. And beside or between both of these pits, there is an odd metal, almost like a tab, and you would swear that it looks like a coin slot at the arcade as you're watching you see a hand reach up through one of the grates. it's got caramel colored skin about the size of a you know it's not an adult hand it's definitely like a teen's hand that reaches up help
1: Heather runs runs over to the grates and and looks in. Um, kneels down.
3: Are you going to the one with the hand or without the hand? With first? the hand. With the hand. As you run over, you look in and you see a girl of thirteen looking back up at you. She seems to be, you know, dirty from the situation. This is definitely a prison of some sorts. And as she looks up, she says, are, are you here to take me back to my tree?
1: Um, d- does uh, d- does her voice sound like the voice that we heard before?
3: Yes. <laughs> um,
1: I, d- I don't know where your tree is, but we're going to get you out of here. Um, hey, JD, this is the person. This is, this, this is the girl we have to help.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is way more real than I was hoping it would be. Uh, How do we get her out? How do we get her out?
1: Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, Hey, did you see the little girl? Do you know, what's your name?
3: I'm Heather. She looks up and smiles and you see a little bit of light come into her eyes as there are dark circles beneath them. And she picks up her shirt and holds it up. And she says, I'm Van Halen. Um, Okay, uh, okay, Van, ha-
1: Van Halen, um, do, you know, do you know how to open the grates?
3: She, you see her hand come up and point towards that arcade slot between mm-hmm. the two. The key goes in there.
1: The key, what key? Where do we get the key?
3: And her hand turns and points in the direction of Scarlet and Ricky. You see on the pit beside, you see another pair of hands come up and grab the bar and you hear another voice. Hello? Oh Oh, shit, Heather, there's more. Uh,
2: Hi, hello?
3: Who are you? you? When you look into the pit, a small, maybe 14 year old face looks up and says, my name's Chris. And he has one blue eye. And one brown eye. Let's cut back over to Ricky and Scarlett. You have a machine in front of you, and as you're sitting there, the lights, the electric lights across the top of this structure begin to walk. You see them in. in, in. start to get faster and faster what would you
5: like to do
4: is there an obvious way to turn on the machine that's half pc and half
3: my friend roll me a tinker check i will remind you that at this time you may push yes there's leadership there's pushing (laughs) there's luck there is pride if you want to guarantee success it is (sighs) With one success, it takes you just a couple seconds, faster and faster. But as you see it, it's almost rudimentary. One dial turns, and as it hits a certain catch in a give, you see one of these, again, Frankenstonian levers that are beside shakes a little bit. And taking a chance, Ricky, you grab and pull it down. And as you do the vat of blue energy sloshes and flows into the machine what does ricky do when the machine in front of him bursts into a brilliant blue light like explodes every aspect of the machine is now glowing a bright blue
4: i think the the brightness would would shock him he'd probably take a couple steps back and then get excited um ricky's a big fan of machines and would be keen to see what it's doing how it's working and scarlet would be like like covering her
0: face,
3: like whoa good job you turned it on as you are <laughs> celebrating yeah and as, as you know ricky's like you fuck yeah man look at these this things blowing up yeah and she's like she's like, oh, like yes and she like wh- whacks him on the shoulder <laughs> a a completely opaque panel appears and lowers down like a drawbridge, and sitting in the middle of this obsidian drawbridge, this panel, this this, there is a small blue coin that is glowing, just like the machine around. And let's cut back over to the left hand side. On the left hand side is Heather and uh, JD. Are sitting there. The the face with the blue eye and the brown eye looks up and says, you got to hurry. There's not much time before it resets. And the lights. Do, 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 do. And um, the girl known as Van Halen pulls herself up and looks directly at JD. I know you can catch it this time.
5: <coughs>
3: and what, do I have to, what do I have to catch? Cut make over to the right-hand hair. side. Um, you see this key, this coin pops out and it had said, start the machine and make a key. Um, no need for a roll here. You, Scarlet and Ricky, you can figure out this must be a key. What do you do? Bombs away,
4: apparently. And I handed the, the key over to Scarlet.
3: <laughs> what, what do I do with it? Bombs, bombs bomb's cut <laughs> Let's cut over. <laughs> Let's cut over to the left. JD and Heather, what do you do as you're all coming to this realization? As the lights are across the top,
2: I th- you think can I'm see your
3: like, friends. You can can't. Yeah, talk I think to
2: I'm kind of looking around, and I, you know, does Van Halen give me any inclination that Scarlett or Ricky would have what we need? <laughs> she pointed. Yeah, so I'm gonna like get up and start like jumping and like trying to get their attention. And she'll look, Hey, and I'm just screaming as loud as I can.
3: Like we need the key. We need the key. You can't hear that, but you yeah. can see the telltale universal symbol for I'm open. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just going to
0: look at Ricky say, throw, throw it to him.
4: Any chance we've got tape? <laughs> Type the, uh, tape the key to the ball. Uh, you had your ball with you.
3: Both of you roll me a. Let's go with a comprehend here, I think.
5: Yeah.
3: I'm
0: going to spend. Oh, I can't spend my. Oh, I'm going to spend uh, one of my own luck, though, on this. <laughs> Did, yeah. it Did it roll? It didn't
3: roll. Oh, there One is. success. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> success. As you're looking at this, and it takes a second. He's the lights ahead, getting faster and faster. And you look at your football, and you look at this coin, and you realize that you could slip it beneath the laces.
0: Mm, yep, and I'm definitely gonna do that. Okay, okay, okay. And she's gonna think, take the coin in her hand, and then stuff it under the laces. It's like okay, and she's gonna she's gonna make eye contact with JD, and she's like okay bombs away, and she's
3: gonna wind as up as and Chuck. <laughs> yep, and uh, gee, as soon as you pick up the coin and slip it beneath, as soon as your fingers touch this, though, you feel that breeze kind of hit you. But instead of the voice that you heard before that help me, you hear bombs away. As you. Tuck it into the laces, and you move back. Let's cut to Heather though before the pass is actually thrown. Heather, as you are standing there, um, let's let me see. Let's go with "Never Tear Us Apart," everybody by NXS. Everything is slowing down. Even the the lights in the ceiling they were duh, 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 now they dong 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 almost sound like church bells. And you see Randall Flag leaning up against the catwalk railing, and he slowly starts to move towards JD.
1: Um, Heather will uh, stand up and um, run forcibly towards Randall Flag. Um
3: yeah. Roll me a force. And you have luck. You have pride if you want to use it here. Totally up to you. And you have Uh, leadership. You have leadership. And you have leadership
1: from across the board. (laughs) (laughs) So wait leadership would be one dice. One die. Yep. One dice. And then the pride.
3: Um and what's your iconic know. item? Is there anything we want to anything we can fit into? The this? only
1: thing that I can imagine with the her iconic item is her glasses, and so maybe, you know, she can see them super clearly. I don't know if if that's what we're gonna do, but
3: uh, I tell you what, I will let you do this if you take the glasses off
5: oh. and put them away.
1: All right, so she's not hiding anymore. So that's another two. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Uh, Let's give this a go. No. Can I try luck?
3: You absolutely can. Yeah. All right. Well. One success. (sighs) So you run forward, and at this point, I need a force roll from Scarlet, and I need a move roll from JD. I will again remind that luck is in play. I will again remind that you can um, uh, use your pride here if you'd like. Uh, But JD, you get an extra die because Heather is helping by keeping Randall flag off of you. And you actually see this man with the long black hair as soon as Heather grabs him. And as Heather is roaring in his face, she can speak. The ball is thrown. So how does pride work? You just tell me you want to use it and once a session you get an automatic success.
2: Yeah, I'll just use it because I think it's going to be, I got to get these people out of here.
3: Sure. Yeah, I'm going to use my pride as well. Okay, then you two tell me the scene. How does the throw go? How does the catch go? Uh, well... Sp- Scarlet is
0: definitely, she flicks the coin into the air and catches it. And then she tucks it into the laces and she's just like, and she just takes a really like a deep breath and away." she whispers. And then she winds up and takes her three steps back and
3: then keeps her eye on JD and just winds and and then whoosh and lets it Everybody, as soon as the ball leaves Scarlet's fingers, I'd like you to play eye of the tiger by survivor (laughs) for me, please. (laughs)
2: Oh yeah um I think it's a pretty spot on throw it might be just a little bit further almost like as close to as a reenactment of the play that happened earlier in the day just a little bit and I you know and it just lands perfectly catch it over my shoulder um and then as I'm looking at it I see the coin and I know like exactly what to do with it I'm running back over there to unlock it
3: um as you rush over, the lights in the top, dun 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 dun, dun until they're almost solid. They're by uh, jumping so fast, they look like lightning bolts along the top of this sluiceway. And JD, as you get there, um, Ricky, let's cut over to you as you're looking at the machine now, and you see Scarlet heave this ball in a perfect spiral across this area. As you look up beyond the machine you can see that the end wall the far end wall of this sluice way has turned the same color and you see this rush this wave of blue energy coming up towards you you are the only one that could see it at this moment because you are looking at the machine what do you do um i'm not gonna be able
4: to communicate to the others i think what ricky would do is try and pull Scarlet down behind the machine to try and brace from whatever that is um, assuming it's going to hit us and hit us hard. So as she launches the ball before it's landed, grab her, pull it down and tuck her into the machine and say, something's coming
3: and just brace. And that's exactly what hap- What's happening as Scarlet, you feel yourself pulled down. And as you're being pulled down, you can see this wave of blue coming. You make the catch, J.D. Heather, you're holding back Randall Flag. He's looking surprised at that you actually did it. And there is a measure of respect in the evil being's eyes as he looks at you, kind of cocking his head. Maybe if there were a scoreboard like the one at the football field earlier, it has just gone, Heather, one, flag, zero. As he looks at you, is there anything you say or do other than just hold back? Um,
1: she's going to, uh, no, she's quiet. She's just going to hold him back and um, and keep pushing.
3: And you do. You're able to keep him away. JD, as you caught the ball and you see the, the key, the coin, Do you, you said you slam it home, right?
2: Oh, you... Yep, doing it as fast as possible, just trying to get get it done. Because I know they said, you know, you have a certain amount of time and the lights are
3: going, so. Right. And as you snag the ball, um, you're able to bring it down and slam the coin home. And as you do, both cage doors retract into the stone. And Van Halen pulls herself up, and she reaches in and pulls Chris out of his and she looks at UJD and says, thank you. She goes, and Chris says, the reset is coming, but we're free. Stay yeah, safe, my friends. Go, go, go. Like, um, to get him out. <laughs> and as that wave comes rushing towards you, Van Halen stops and listens and goes, ah, I love this song. And the wave hits all of you. Everyone, if you could cue up nothing but a good time for me, please. It is 11.33 a.m., Saturday, October 8th, 1988. 53 degrees, clear, sunny sky. Ollie Wright is turning back to see who Fred Alt is waving to. Ricky, you don't know how, but you're back here. <laughs> What do you do?
4: Ricky would look to Heather and go, is it just me? Or have we done this before?
1: Done it before. Um, And he's still a jerk.
4: Still a jerk. And you still don't have an apple. And he waves to Fred, same as before.
3: (laughs) Okay. And as soon as he sees that, you see Ollie's mouth open with the insult that you know is coming. In fact, you know what the insult is. He's going to make fun of, you know, call you Dickie and make fun of your horse being fueled by apples because of Fred's culture. But do you say anything at this point? You have a moment before he says something to you, he would say, Hey, Ollie, it's Dickie. We're good.
5: And sit back down.
3: He stops. All right.
5: He turns and sits
3: back down. Let's cut to the sideline. Coach Cook and Tom Hoffman are standing there as Coach Cook is saying, all right, everybody, listen, I want you to do your best. He's screaming at everyone. Scarlett, you know what's coming. What do you do this time? Uh, She'll
0: just... um she'll wait until coaches has left, let him go. And then she'll walk up to Tom and she's not going to talk really loud. She's going to talk quietly. So just to like, not to embarrass his fragile ego. And she's just going to lean up and go, you have to watch the blind side. They've been, they've been testing Joe all morning. They're going to throw a stunt. They're going to blitz when your back is turned watch out the ball. Gotta let go of the ball fast or you're going to get creamed.
3: Tom looks down at you. And unfortunately this is still what he believes to be an assault on his ego. And he goes to actually kind of push you out of his face. But as he does so, just as he kind of does a shove, Hanks, the shorter second-string quarterback. Tom just didn't see him. Nobody ever sees Hanks. And you hear the pop as Tom Hoffman's finger gets caught in the face mask of Hanks and dislocates as he looks down and his pointer finger is... And the coach looks in horror. My God, Tommy, what happened? And... Tom says nothing except it happened on the last play coach. I don't think I can throw Hank's vomits and coach cook turns to Scarlet as everybody on the team, including JD war beaten, but still 12 seconds left on the clock. All eyes go to Scarlet Scarlet. I want you to roll a leadership role for me, please. And pushing is allowed here, and... Yeah, well, uh... You don't have to push until after, or use a lot of... Okay. Yeah. Sorry, what's the role? Uh, leadership, please. Lead. Let's go! Yeah. And as you look, everybody sort of... For a moment, there's this, oh, crap. And then, one by one, the offensive lineman nod... The running back nods and they all put their hands into the center waiting for JD and Scarlet before they go back out to the middle of the field. And she'll put her hand in. Yeah, Mike, you got, I looked to her, Mike, you
2: got this.
0: And she just nods. So <laughs> like, come on, guys, let's go. And she'll
3: put her hand in. <laughs> they, they all are, you know, as they, they can't yell out like F yeah, because coach there would kill him, but you know, they want to, there's a lot of like, yeah, that certainly sound like they should have an F in front of them, but you're like, Oh yeah, baby. You know, they, they get all fired up and they run back out and you hear the crowd, Heather and Ricky that are in the stands, you hear the entire crowd react to the fact that scarlet's running out on the field. Uh, there's, you know, from Mr. Hoffman, from the cheap seats, uh, just watches, so what happened to my boy? And there's, you know, consternation and stuff that's happening, but then the cheers erupt from both sides as you hear people that are, you know, a lot of people that are, uh, have never seen a girl take the field at this level are clapping from both Frost Ridge and of course the entirety of Edgar Allan Poe Middle. Everybody because this is the song uh, that needs to happen right now. I would like to have Sweet Child of Mine start playing as you all cross out into the field. Ricky, Heather, you see Scarlet going out. And as you take the position, you know what's going to happen, Scarlet, You've seen it before. You saw it the first time. There's a blitz coming. JD, you know what happened the first time. Walk me through it, my friends.
2: Yeah, I think as we're running out there to get lined up, I tell her exactly, you know, what I'm going to do. It's like, I'm going to juke. I'm going to juke inside. He's going to bite. I'm going to run outside. All you got to do is throw it over my shoulder, and we got this. We win this game.
0: I got you. Don't worry. And then she's going to she's gonna elbow Joel, uh, Joe, her left tackle, and be like, don't stop moving your feet. They're going to blitz. <laughs> They're going to run a stunt. And Blitz, from the outside, do not stop moving your feet. He ain't been Blitzing all day. He's just moving side to side. Yeah, and do you think he's gonna keep doing that forever? Come on!
3: All right. Joe. (laughs) Yeah, and I back her up. I was like, move your feet. Just do it. All right. And Joe moves over to his left tackle as you signal the break and... Edgar Allan Poe lines up as they're looking across at Frost Ridge and you see the linebacker pretend like he's dropping and then slowly creep forward and the ball is hiked. Again, no need for a roll because you did it before. You know what you're doing here. Joe does not move his feet. He thinks about it. He gets a little closer than he did the first time. But maybe thinking about it is what got Joe in trouble this time. And the linebacker is running free. Scarlet, I need a force roll from you to make this throw. And I'm going to ask the entire group, Ricky, Heather, JD, if you have any luck, you may give it to Scarlett.
2: You have my uh, luck? One? I, yeah, you got one for
3: me too. <laughs>
0: I also have one more luck, and I have my iconic item.
3: Okay. Let it fly.
0: Uh so how many bonus is that? <laughs> Two oh, for the nice. iconic
3: item, and three yeah. for the luck. <laughs> Five. <laughs> oh God.
0: Oh dear God. Listen, this d
3: six <laughs> system's a real mess, so this might not yeah. be good. Okay. It might not be good.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: You got it. Go. <laughs> no, I'm going to get creeped. <laughs> how many? <laughs> Nothing. How, I know, but how many lucks did you have in there? Uh, there were three. Three, three, yeah. three, three plus the two iconic, two, iconic, iconic item. item. Okay. So here's how we're going to play this off. I'm going to let you push it, but you're taking a condition. Yep. Okay. You can roll mm-hmm. the same amount again. Yep. Scarlet had luck, no. I used it. Yeah. Yeah. you this, Now you get to do the same roll, use their, your luck again, but this is the conditions are in play now. Yeah. Plus five. Let's go. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. So here's how this plays out Scarlett, as you drop back and you realize that Slow Joe did not get his feet moving, he's just it's in the name. You see that linebacker running. And where Tom Hoffman threw early and curled up to protect himself, you take the extra second. You let JD get wide open as you let it fly. And the entire crowd sees as just as the ball leaves your hand, Scarlett's whole body bends back as she gets crunched and driven into the ground. Her pristine uniform stained with mud and grass. JD, because I'd already had this written down, I want you to roll a move roll at plus five, the same that your quarterback had. Let's
2: okay.
5: Go.
2: So five bonus dice. Move. Here we go.
5: Oh.
3: <laughs> same thing uh, applies here.
2: All right. So is it using a... a... Yeah, I'll just roll it here. There we go. Two of ten. God damn
3: And as the narrative, I said it long ago, the dice tell the story. As you reach up, everyone sees that safety clip again. And this time you helicopter, but you stay in bounds as you spin just ass over tea kettle. But you land back on your feet and with one leap, you cross over and into the end zone. As six points go up on the board, Edgar Allan Poe wins by one. And as you hit, that safety that was beaten comes in, and it's not a cheap shot. He was moving and almost kind of got his feet tripped up. He falls, and again, you feel your Bell rung as his helmet cracks against yours and you go face down into the end zone. Heather, this is the same thing that happened before. He's just a little further inbounds this time as you see J.D. crumple and as luck would have it, you and Ricky are still the closest to them because of your position in the stands.
1: Once again, Heather runs straight through the crowd of cheerleaders uh, on her way over
3: to J.D., you hear Peggy Swanson Ricky. as. Ruff, yeah, <laughs> JD, yeah. You hear Peggy Swanson as she arms up a. We won. This isn't a. As she's getting ready to say something to you that you know is coming, is there anything that you say this time, Heather? She,
1: she says, not now. Come
3: with me and help. Uh, and. Three of the other cheerleaders, there's eight in total, but three of them say, you know, we really should help, and they run after you. <laughs> Heather. Now, three is better than nothing, and it seems a couple of them actually were swayed by your... But you, Heather, you are the first person again to get to J.D.'s side as you kind of get there, and this time Edgar Allan Poe is charging down in this direction because of J.D.'s heroics. Scarlet. Joe is posts picks you up and lifts you up, and he and the right tackle put you on their shoulder. And Joe looks up and says, "He's really fast." <laughs> she just whacks him on the shoulder. On, on the shoulder plan. it's okay, Joe. It's okay. And as your uniform is completely messed up, uh, it's rivals you know, JD's now. Ricky, you see Heather. Down with JD. JD's in the end zone, preparing to be mobbed by all of this. You feel wind. I need you to roll me and investigate, please. Not the
4: investigates. Somehow Look got a success. Look at the
3: that. Look at that. You know, I love that. So Ricky, as you stand up and the crowd has actually moved out of the stands and you're kind of alone for a moment, you know, standing there, you see your friends, you see the difference a few hours makes and you hear on the wind, that voice of Van Halen,
5: thank you and stay ready. And that's where we'll end this session
3: of Atari Twilight. Jesus.
1: That was fun. That man. was so that great. Was killer. Oh my gosh.
4: Thank you ever so much, Greg. That was amazing.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I I love these characters. You guys all sent me great <laughs> backstories and I'm like these characters are awesome. I the Garrett Maryland has the, we have our 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 tuesday night team that has just fantastic stuff going on and i wanted to be able because you all contributed so much to help us put garrett back together kind of in, in the writer's room um to be able to add something to this end. bringing van halen back is uh the the crew will have access to van halen soon and so that is all because of Atari Twilight is an Unmade Gaming production and a proud member of the Unmade Gaming Podcast Network. If you'd like to support our endeavors and get some behind-the-scenes looks at upcoming projects, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash unmadegaming. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you for joining us on this blast from the past, and we'll see you next time on Atari Twilight.
2: My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight.